Well, welcome to this week's ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. We had another good question from the membership and something that affects this industry a lot, along with everybody else's industry, and that's the residential housing market. That has been really interesting for the last couple of years and for a lot of different reasons. It has been one of the most lively markets within the economy, which is somewhat surprising because a lot of the things that would drive housing haven't been in place. I mean, the prices of the homes have been going up very steadily. You have not seen particularly good employment numbers until fairly recently. Those are generally factors that will drive housing. The only thing that's been driving housing has been low mortgage rates, and that's been a big factor, obviously. It doesn't drive the upper-end house as much as it drives the more modest home, existing homes, starter homes. Those are going to be a lot more sensitive to mortgages. The upper-end buyer is more influenced by what's happening with the stock market. So if they're making a lot of money in the market, then they've got to do something with it, and they end up buying houses or upgrading or getting second houses or whatever. Not that they don't care about mortgage rates, but it's not the big driver. Obviously, housing affects every other industry. I mean, it has been a major factor in appliance growth. It's been a major factor in raw materials growth. It has affected everything from lumber to plastic to textiles, you name it. It's as sensitive to imports as any other. So the question is, where is it going from here? Are we going to see continued growth in housing or are we likely to see an end? A lot of conversation about whether the bubble is going to burst. The thing about housing is that for the most part, you don't get nationwide bursts and that's a little unusual. I mean, we got one back in 2008, 2007 because that was a housing sector recession. This was something where We may have forgotten the origins of all this, but that was that whole subprime lending, getting the banks in trouble, credit freeze, financial sector disaster in 2008. Most of the time, you don't get a lot of bursting of housing bubbles, except locally. Housing is such a a regional thing, location, location, location. So you are definitely looking at bubble characteristics in these hot markets like Nashville and Austin and even to a certain extent still in the Pacific Northwest. Other parts of the country, it's a housing shortage situation. I mean, I'm from Kansas City. Kansas City is not experiencing a housing bubble. It still has a shortage of housing, both at the upper and lower ends. So we're not looking at a nationwide collapse, but it is certainly possible in certain sectors and certain cities. The other thing that's been worrying about housing is simply the raw material and labor shortage concerns. Um, We saw what happened to lumber prices earlier this year, really put a crimp into building, and that turned out to be fairly temporary, as it was expected to be. The sawmills got back to work in the west coast and in the mountain areas and got caught up. So housing or the lumber prices soared and then came back down again. But you still have high prices because of labor shortage. The construction sector has been just as affected by the lack of skilled labor as has manufacturing and transportation. So, and that's something that's not going to change. We're going to continue to have shortages when it comes to labor. A lot of conversation about what happens when the various people who are currently getting government money to stay out of the workforce come back into the workforce the end of this month 
in the end of August. But the fact is the vast majority of these people are not going to be going into construction or manufacturing or transportation. They came out of the service sector, they're going to go back into the service sector. So you may see an improvement as far as hospitality and restaurants and retail, but it's not going to have an impact on those sectors that have been dealing with shortage of skilled labor for quite some time. The thing that has been driving housing beyond kind of the obvious and the and the impact of mortgage rates has been more demographic than anything else. The millennial finally has gotten into buying homes. That started a few years back and continues to accelerate. Most of us remember what we were like as boomers and we were being required by our parents, have children, buy a house, come on, I want grandkids. I mean, we we didn't have a lot of choice. We were kind of on that path when we were in our early 20s. The millennials looked at this and said, no, I don't think so. I don't want kids right now. I'm not sure I ever want kids. Well, they changed their mind, but it didn't happen until they were in their 30s. So now that generation is getting into home buying. And that's a lot of what's been driving this this surge for the last couple of years. Then you also had people who were leaving the urban congested areas because of COVID. The lockdown was experienced very differently depending on where you were. I mean, if you were in a state that wasn't particularly strict about some of the protocols, or if you're in the more rural areas, you didn't see a huge change. But if you were living in an urban area, you were suddenly highly restricted, and people didn't like it and are finding ways to move and get out into into exurbs at least, if not into small towns. So those two things have been driving, and they still, to a degree, are driving. The millennials are continuing to buy homes. Now you've got Gen Z, and Gen Z is probably not going to be any speedier than the millennials. So they're not really going to be looking at buying until they get into their 30s. But bear in mind, the millennials now are the largest of the cohorts. There are more millennials now than boomers boomers have been dying off. We've tried not to, but it's happening anyway, and the millennials are up around 43, 44 million uh, as far as the country is concerned. So the long and the short of it is housing will continue to grow. The thing to watch, the two things to watch, would be mortgage rates. If the Fed decides to start pushing the Fed funds rate up, then they're saying they're going to do it around 2023 that's going to have an impact on mortgage rates as will the bond market. So watch mortgages. And then the second thing to watch is just the continued exodus of millennials into into single family homes. If they remain interested in multifamily, which it does not look like they are uh, as a group, then that's going to slow down some of that single family development. But residential housing should stay strong. Prices are going to continue to go up. Uh, it doesn't seem to phase people's desire to buy homes. It's kind of like automobile prices or anything else. As long as people can get a long enough loan to keep their monthly payments down, they buy whatever they want. So don't look for a collapse nationwide, but be aware of places where there's been a lot more construction than there really is demand to support it. And with that, we'll quit until next week, and who knows what exciting topic people will direct me towards then. Thanks very much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in a few weeks or months. I mean, hey, 
we're beginning to actually realize that we have to find our pants and shoes and get back on the road. Thanks.